0: Hey, Brian here, editor and mixer of this podcast. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to give you a heads up that it's going to contain some mature subject matter around the topic of lust and how Jesus taught about sexual integrity. If this kind of discussion would not be beneficial or maybe not age appropriate to everyone you're listening with,
1: then you might want to skip this one. Hey, I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And
0: I'm Tim Adams.
1: Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. (music) We are back, and we're talking about lust jesus addresses this topic in matthew 5 27 through 30 and boy there is so much to talk about here i'm going to start off by just refreshing what we have talked about we talked about how pervasive this sin is it is everywhere in our society and we talked about how we're in a battle for our soul jesus is very uses very dramatic language but it's because It is so serious and we don't see that oftentimes we don't take this as seriously as we should that this is something that is against warring against our soul and wants to drag us to hell and if we really saw this the way that that jesus does the way that god does when he looks at our heart if we really saw what this does to us we would take it so much more seriously we would do whatever it took we would even pluck out an eye or, or cut off a hand, again, not literally, but we would do whatever we could so that our whole body isn't dragged to hell. We talked about masturbation, and we talked about how there is an overarching theme to these these, you know, looking lustfully, Masturbating, that Jesus is is kind of putting into a framework of marriage and how there is sexual desire that is good that God designed, but that it its place should be in marriage, and that's where we get to express that and and have that that act of love be meaningful, not something that's selfish uh, or something that uh, really consumes us in a negative way. Uh, so now we're we're coming to looking at lust again, and, and I want to read these verses and then and start with a, a question here. So Matthew five twenty seven, You have heard that it was said, you shall cannot, not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. So I think a good place to start here this time is maybe just asking the question, how do you define lust?
2: I I think that's a great question. And I think obviously there is the dictionary definition. And when I was preparing myself for this, I almost just went and put down a dictionary definition for it. But I think when I thought about it more deeply, when I meditated on what what is lust really for me, the first thing that came into my mind is that it is a kind of opposite of gratitude. Hmm. And what I mean is this: when you're, when you have gratitude, when you're grateful, then you are. Uh, it produces a contentment. It comes from an understanding that what I have in my life is so much more than what I deserve. That at least for my whole adult life. That has been, when I look on it, when I look at it very uh, uh, rationally, that's always been true. I've always had so much more than I know I deserve. And lust for me is not contentment. Lust Mm. is grasping and clawing for something that I know I can't have. But feel like I deserve, or feel like I need. And so, uh, when I'm thinking, when I'm thinking rationally about my sin and about my lust, and I have to admit and be honest and humble about the fact that I do not think rightly about these things so much more often then I feel like it's appropriate for a man my age and a man my my status in life. I would think that I would have this much more under control than I do. But when I am thinking rightly about it, I'm thinking I could be lustful or I could be grateful. Hmm. And so those two, those two things are kind of opposite for me. Lust is a, and I'll say this again, because this is what I really feel for my own heart. Lust is a grasping for what I don't have. And that could be, that could be sexual, that could be anything really for me. Grasping for something yeah. that I don't have that I feel like either I deserve or that I need.
1: In that light, I think the way you you uh, define it, it reminds me of covetousness and greed, mm-hmm. and how godlin you know godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think the, these are all qualities of the heart, right? So that I can see that connection. What about you, Tim?
0: Yeah, I mean, just on that, I've always thought it was really convicting that in Colossians when Paul's he gives a whole list of sins and he gives kind of gives it in a couple different chunks and there's one chunk which is sexual morality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is hmm. idolatry so <laughs> yeah greed right. and yeah, lust are together. like yeah, yeah really yeah. closely linked in Paul's mind too apparently mm-hmm. and so I think that's not just like a man grasping at straws, I, I like was, that's like it's <laughs> like that really too. really intricate.
1: Colossians three, right? Yeah, because uh, another translation says covetousness, which is is idolatry. Yes, and it made me think about you know the first command in the Decalogue, which in the Ten Commandments, which is uh, no idols, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And then the
1: last one is don't covet. Mm-hmm. Which if if you're reading that, covetousness is idolatry. So he's kind of bookended the yeah. Ten Commandments with something pretty serious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think Vans definition is really good and it is broader than just sexual lust, which is what we've been talking about for the the past couple episodes, but it, it encompasses sexual lust. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I had just like a really simple definition <laughs> that was like, lust is desiring to have someone sexually who's not my spouse, basically. Mm-hmm. And Or having a sexual fantasy of someone who's not my spouse. You know, just putting it like super, super plainly. But I think those, those root issues of gratitude and about uh, desiring something I don't have, something I think I, I deserve or need, um, those, those all kind of are a deeper level than yeah. that, that simple yeah. definition.
1: It reminds me of, of Romans 1 as well van what you how you connected it to gratitude because uh i think all of the then you get this this description of people as they've just they they said they've forgotten god and they're ungrateful and then it, they jump right into all these things sexual immorality and um i so i do think that there are, there is a um a direct link with lust and our relationship with god that, um, is very important to acknowledge. And I think, um, so for me, it was, um, if I'm defining lust, I think similarly, it it is, you know, a a desire for someone who's not my wife, like thinking of something. And And it's a, in a way it, um, it's, it's sin against that person as well. And it's sin against God because I'm not grateful for him. I'm not, I'm not being holy as he he wants me to be. And I found a verse that is, I think, wraps this up really well. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul's writing uh, to the church uh, saying he wants to remind them of, and then he says in verse 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and Verse four, I think, is really interesting to me where it says control your own body. That's uh could be translated uh, also how to take a wife in Greek, how to possess his own vessel. Any way you translate it though, I think we can draw um from this verse a sense of how we could divine lust by looking at it how it's contrasted right there. He he says we're called to control our, our body not in the passion of lust, but in Holiness and honor. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think those two qualities, I think, speak to holiness toward God, you know, that that we're set apart and this is something that, you know, God, and then honor. And I think that's when we're, when we are lusting after someone, we're dishonoring them mm-hmm. in a way that is really important to acknowledge. And then last, because I think this was really cool, it reminded me of... Matthew seven and how Jesus talks about, you know, away from you, me, you lawbreakers, I never knew you. Um, there is this, this, this conception of knowing God being part of this equation as well. Um, when we're consumed by the passions of lust, we do not know God.
0: Yeah. And that, um, does go back to, you know one of the beatitudes of like blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god and i when i think about that beatitude i don't i try very intentionally not to only think about it in terms of like sexual purity Mm -hmm. (laughs) purity is is so much more um but i know that when my heart or others hearts are consumed by lust then i i can't i can't see god (laughs) I, my heart mm-hmm. doesn't have the capacity to to see god in his fullness because i'm consumed with something that's it's much lower
1: i am so glad you drew that connection because i think that is a great a great thing to acknowledge blessed are the pure mm-hmm. in heart for they will see god uh, that word for seeing god optonomi in greek it's not just like a casual casual observance, like, oh, yeah, look at that thing over there. It's this being enraptured by mm-hmm. something, like stunned. It's the same word that's used on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of like really seeing God for his value. Again, going back to Romans 1, what you were saying, Van, mm-hmm. that's the kind of way that... And they're so related, lusting and seeing God. If you're impure you're gonna miss seeing God. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I you know, the the passage that you read that mentioned the word honor, I think that that is something that um, it, it really sort of pricked me in the heart when I heard the word because I don't think about, um, when I'm struggling, I don't think about my own personal honor or the honor of the person that I am lusting after, or the honor of my wife. Um, I even think about the passage that I referred to, was it in this talk or the last one when I was talking about Amnon and Tamar. Oh yeah. And when he was about to force himself on her, she said, what about me? How will I get rid of my disgrace if you do Mm -hmm. this to me? And then she interestingly said, what about you you mm. would become like one of the wicked fools of Israel wow and so this is a prince and a princess of Israel and she's saying what about our honor what what will become of us if this happens and that's a that's a a, a concept that nearly brings tears to my eyes because it's something that that is... Very real to me, a lot of the time, but not when I'm blinded, like you were saying, Tim. Not when I'm when I'm full of lust and I'm blind. I cannot honor; doesn't exist. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't experience it, and I can't uphold it.
1: This is a really it, it's such an important thing to to just stay on for a minute here. Um, you know the the aspect of honoring and and thinking of God and seeing God and and i think we we've, we've spent some time now in this subject talking about the warnings that Jesus gives and i think that that's an important thing for us to acknowledge but the other side of it is is what we miss out on right mm-hmm. and that's the seeing god and because because I think the other thing I was thinking about in that knowing God and um, you know having that relationship with Him, um, it's not just a head knowledge kind of thing. It's the type of knowledge of God that is intimate, <clears throat> that really is reveling in His glory, and it, it it's only knowledge born by faith. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that connects us. Yeah. And, um, it reminds me of another scripture in, in second Corinthians four, it says in verse six, let for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we have this awesome chance to see God and it's promised to us in the Beatitudes that, you know, if we're pure in heart, we will get to see God, Mm -hmm. um, so how, that's also that's something we all want. We want to see the Creator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to be in that place where every t- tear will be wiped, and uh, they'll we can forget about sin and mm-hmm. trouble and pain, and and it'll be so amazing because God will light it all with His presence. It'll be incredible, and there'll be no impure thing there whatsoever. How do we get there? We need to fight. Again, returning to this battle concept, do we need to fight against lust? How do we do it? What's worked for you? What's the big picture? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I can I can go first. When I when I think about this, probably like the big picture. There's a, there's a lot of big pictures that we've talked about. I think the concept of honor and honoring every person is really big, um, but but when I think about like my thought life, one of the things that's really helpful for me to recognize is that I'm not alone in my thoughts. You know, Hebrews four twelve that talks about everything's going to be laid bare uh, before the eyes of him who m- mm-hmm. will give an account. And so it's easy to think I'm alone and, but I'm not actually alone. And so uh, whether it's as simple as sometimes I visualize Jesus next to me, Um, more often i just, it's about acknowledging that God is present in, in the room, in my heart, uh, through Mm. his spirit. Um, that helps a lot when I become aware of that. And I, I, I fight to remain aware of that because if God's in the room, my, (laughs) it's much easier to fight (laughs) against, against lust, against those thoughts. So that's like a really big thing, uh, for, for me. And. That so I guess if we're thinking about the battle analogy, that's kind of like my strategy, hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. is being aware of God's presence and being aware of, of, of his image on that is in each other person. So that's wow. why I yeah. need to give them honor. Um That's
1: a great point to make. Goodness.
2: Yeah. I and I think similar to you, Tim, I think that it is it is the envisioning of of God's presence. Hmm. And for me, that happens mostly through reading the scripture. You know, the, the reason that I read that talks so much about Amnon and Tamar is that that passage is ingrained in my psyche. And when I'm really having a hard time, if I'll only go and just look at that passage, it can it can set my mind straight. And, um, it can, and then the, the, the thing that I do further is I think about the, because for me, lust is directed towards, towards women. And I think about, you know, my, not just my wife, but my mother, my sister, Mm -hmm. my daughter, my very dear friends who are women. And um, I remember as a as a young Christian, when feeling released from sexual tension in relationships with women, and developing just some of the best friendships of my life mm. with women that have been so instructive and so uh, full of blessing for me, and I believe for them as well, and to just imagine to sit for a moment and imagine um what I could ha- how I could have that with more people if I can just keep this under control if I can just fight this if I can just fight this this one time mm. let's f- let's fight okay I- i'm not thinking of the whole war i'm thinking of you know the the enemy soldier who's charging at me now with his bayonet. I can either open up my arms and let him do what he will or I can fight. So l- let me fight this one. But I need I need visuals. I need to think of uh, women that I love and respect and deeply cherish. Mm. And I need to think about, for me, you talked about envisioning um, um, Jesus right beside you. Mm. I sort of just envision I try to envision myself just sort of to face down at the foot of the cross hmm. and and seeing the suffering that was going on there and wondering how how can I respond to this suffering in this moment while lusting after somebody who's over there.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, that's really great. I I can relate to both of what you were saying with things that I strategies I've used in the past and continue to use. And I think uh, one of the threads that uh, I think is very powerful is, is you, it's, it's like if you don't want to think of uh, don't think of pink elephants, don't think of it. Well, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? But it, it's much better to th- have a burning desire that you desire more than the sinful desire. Mm-hmm. and And to replace that sinful desire with something that's beautiful, like, jesus's sacrifice and how much god loves me Mm -hmm. and uh to remember those things and and like you were saying tim he promised to be with us always to the very end of the age he is right here right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and the other thing you said uh van about scriptures i remember gosh i remember when i first um was baptized and 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 thinking about man i really need to take this seriously uh, there's um, in Proverbs. Proverbs five is all about um, the adulterous woman. Stay away. Uh, but in chapter four, right before you know the lead into that, it, it talks about how you have to guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life, and that's a lot of what mm-hmm. we've been talking about tonight. Is our heart? And there's a verse that I memorized. Uh, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of times I've said that to myself mm-hmm. over the years. And especially right when I first got out of the water, I was saying that all the time. And I was sad after a few weeks of doing that because I realized how often I had lustful thoughts or how often I, it wasn't even lust. It, sometimes it was judging people mm-hmm. by how the, by their appearance yep. instead of, and I kept asking, God, I wish I could see into someone into their, who they are mm-hmm. instead of judging them um, because all of it dishonors God. And and I think that the the other thing is that, you know, in Ephesians 6 where it talks about the armor of God, the thing that we have that is an offensive, it's actually the sword of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So the spirit wields the word of God mm-hmm. to do battle against this is the this is the the main weapon that we have. God has given it. I know a lot of people who want to just have this experience, like you know, God just change me and uh, mm-hmm. feel, help me feel better, and that's not the normative way that God works. It's it's actually taking the Word of God and wielding it,
2: mm-hmm. letting the
1: Holy Spirit wield it in your life, mm-hmm. and that's how we escape lust and participate in the divine that's where that power comes out it reminds me of another verse i want to read in second peter one verse three his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises Mm. so that through them You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, which is also translated lust.
0: Yeah. When we talk about these practicals of engaging with scripture, of considering that God is right here with us, that I the image of God is, is implanted on others or, or thinking about people that we love and realizing how this sin hurts us. I think one of the things I'm, I'm realizing is there's so much, there's so many practicals mm-hmm. here like this, like if the, the, I, I talked about mine specifically as strategies because I think a strategy is like overarching, but then there's tons of tactics that mm-hmm. happen right. on the battlefield. And, I don't think we have the time to dig into all those tactics right now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I do think this is, uh, I guess two plugs. One is just Jesus says we, if we are, our deeds are good. We come into the light Mm -hmm. because we can show what is, what we are doing is being done by God. And just in general, we confess our sins. He, and and bring it into light. He's going to forgive us. Um, That's in John three and first John one. So just bring this into light with other people is yeah. so profoundly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to throw in a plug for, uh, I know that our region uh, in Boston Church of Christ, but many other places also have uh, sexual addiction groups. Mm-hmm. And those can be a very powerful mm-hmm. resource for those who are feeling like this is totally taken over my life. Um, or I just don't, let, you know, I'm in a certain place and maybe I'm not in the place where someone else would say is taking over my life, but I feel like I need to really overcome this and I need other people's help. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um if you're if you're looking to get involved with a group like that, I would just say reach out to your minister and they can definitely help you get connected.
1: I'm so glad you made that plug yep. because that is so true. You you know, it, it's great it, it's fantastic to have a group of people that you can talk to about this and get in the light about and then get prayers for.
0: Yep. So yeah, I I think, um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this has been a, it's been really helpful for me to meditate on this and to actually think, what is Jesus saying here when he's talking about this, this topic that's like so, so important, but I can just be so desensitized to because Mm -hmm. our culture is desensitized to it. So I've really appreciated, uh, meditating on the scriptures, thinking about, Uh, And with fresh eyes of like, what, what can it look like? Why should I overcome lust fight to overcome it? And what can it look like to actually do that?
2: Yeah. It's a conversation that for me filled me with more than a little bit of dread thinking, how am I going to be able to talk about this? This is going to be so hard. This is something that's very difficult for me to even acknowledge is a part of my own sinful nature but I feel so refreshed having done it. Me
1: too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.